Coog's house. I know the saying is easy come, easy go. But man, with the way this transfer portal thing is working, I just don't know if that's the case all the time. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston born teacher and coach, Parker Ainsworth, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater, who came to step by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way we can place the Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day. Appreciate you making Lockdown Cougs your first listen of the day. Welcome back to the YouTube channel. That's where you found us. It is so good to see you again. Remember to subscribe. We don't want to give away every 250 subscribers. And the next one is 2,000. Hit subscribe. Helps get there. Like, comment the video. Let us know you're in the contest. If, after talking about a little bit of a hodgepodge of topics, including the transfer portal tonight with the Houston Cougars, you just don't know what to say. Tell us in the comments down below in honor of Bailey Zappi winning on Thursday night football. Do you know where Victoria is or have you ever been to Victoria, Texas, Victoria, Texas. Now today's episode is a bit of a hodgepodge. We've said the first two segments talking about the transfer portal and its impact on the Houston Cougars currently. Uh, obviously those things are very, very fluid and could be changing literally between the time this is recorded and the time you're hearing it. Those kind of things do happen very, very quickly. But then I'm going to spend the last segment talking about Houston's basketball game this weekend against Jackson State. Um, you know, I, I feel like we got to make sure we preview each and every game here. Uh, things are going to be fun, I think, this weekend for the Cougs as they have their last game before that big game is AM a week from Saturday. So, Without further ado, I guess we need to just jump on in. Um, big portal news on Thursday, Thursday evening, uh, via a tweet from, I believe it was on three, one of the recruiting databases. Tweet out Matthew Golden will be entering the transfer portal. Yes, the same Matthew Golden who just tweeted the other day that he was a thousand percent committed to the Houston Cougars. The same Matthew Golden that Dana Holgerson told us in his media availability shortly before his final days as a Houston Cougar, that uh, Matt could go out and net six-figure type salaries, uh, $500,000 potentially at some places, right, Uh, in NIL money. Um, And Matthew Golden's a big name here. I want to quickly run through a name of other folks in the transfer portal from the University of Houston as it currently stands. One is uh, Jet Huff, a 2022 quarterback that you probably haven't thought much about because he was not ever going to see the field this past season. Cooper Hamilton was a backup kicker, 2021 recruit. Moses Alexander, 2020 cornerback. Ampelisi Fififta, 2018 defensive lineman, giant guy, hadn't gotten the field a whole ton. And Aaron Willis, a 2021 linebacker. Uh, Tyler Johnson started right guard last year. Uh, Ruben Unajay started right tackle last year. And now Matthew Golden. So you obviously a pretty big, obviously we'll see, I should say, a pretty big discrepancy between those folks. And amongst even the folks within that discrepancy, Matthew Golden stands out. Matthew Golden stands out as different. Matthew Golden stands out because he impacted winning in a football game in a way that I think had a lot of excited about what comes next for him. Now, whenever a kid enters the transfer portal, and you may differ from me on this, but I have a hard time cheering against 
a college kid that gave any amount of time to the Houston Cougar football program because, frankly, I can't fault a kid if they're doing something for like going on making a large amount of money, the six hundred, you know, the six figure uh, dollar amount, a few hundred thousand dollar amount to do something good for their family. I'm not going to fault a kid for that. I'm never going to. I think the thing that's a little different with Matthew Golden that has some people a little upset. Not me, Matthew. Not me, but has people upset as I explain the situation a little bit is um, this idea that he tweeted out the other day. He was a thousand percent committed after the people started getting worried about the Dan Holgerson comment, right? Um, I now have a slightly different reading on that. Uh, the comment was made by one Dana Holgerson. Duarte wrote about it, and Duarte writes about things very, very well. I don't mean that as a slide, but Duarte wrote about it as Holgerson is pointing out that. Matthew Golden could go make a lot of money in the transfer portal. And then very quickly dispel that rumor that he was leaving at the time, Matthew Golden tweeted that he was thousand percent committed. I think with hindsight or armed with hindsight now, it feels very apparent that Matthew Golden was a thousand percent committed to the guy that recruited him to campus in the first place. And that's his prerogative and totally fine. Right. Um, some of this will be natural. We'll talk more about it in a second, but some of this will be natural. That just will happen. And I can't fault a guy for doing that. Frankly, in some ways, you know, Matthew Golden was a highly touted prospect, but some of these guys, Dana Holgerson and staff was like a group of people in a small list or short list that thought they had a chance to make it big time. Right. And so I can totally see why guys are committed to those guys. Even if we've moved on as a program, even if I feel fairly strongly moving in the right direction as a program, even I think that the hiring goes on that helped improve the program. Right. I can see why these guys would feel some sort of attachment to the staff that brought them in on top of the dollar amount, on top of those things. Now, with that said, Matthew Golden was a difference maker. He played the position I think Houston's the deepest at on their roster. Um, the wide receiver room is crazy talented. Uh, we saw that, frankly, in that the wide receivers continue to play well after Matthew Golden left the season hurt, right? Um, you bring back Joseph Manjack, theoretically bring back uh, Sam Brown. They're both guys that are transferred into Houston. I believe that they would have to sit out a year if they transferred out because some of the coaching, hiring, and firing rules have been altered a little bit in light of the uh, one-time free transfer rule. Right. Um, so those guys transferred in. Uh, I'm still working to see, but I think they'd have to say if they went anywhere else. You also have, uh, oh, I missed, I missed, I missed Dalton Carnes in my list of guys. Oh, whoops. Um, Dalton Carnes is in the transfer portal. Um, Dalton Carnes was another starting receiver, um, came in off the bench initially for Matt Golden. But when back to my receiver room, we got those two, Manjack and Sam Brown. You also have Boogie Johnson. You also have, Jonah Wilson, right, who we saw flashes up there at the end of the season. And then you have one of the highest rated prospects to ever come through Houston, who spent part of the season last year hurt and ultimately just redshirt on the year because it was his freshman season, Kale Harrison Pilot. Um, on the whole, before you even talk about a transfer in, before you even talk about a high prospect recruit, you've got a pretty good receiver room coming back without Matthew Golden. I think the Houston Cougars will be okay. And as I look at this, like Dalton Carnes played some. And I think he was pretty good, but I get it. Um, Tyler Johnson played some and he was a decent pass blocking guard, but truthfully Houston could use an upgrade at guard. Um, Houston had a lot of pass pressure in those B gap areas. So, you know, I could see if 
Houston is not so concerned with that. Um, I do think bringing Tank Jenkins back and the train, uh, who is finally a waiver to see if he can get back on the roster is really important uh, because with Ruben Unijay also on the transfer portal, that means your left tackle will be on pro. Uh, your left guard is waiting on a waiver. Uh, your cent- I'm sorry, your left guard is transferring out. Your center is uh, graduated, done playing, Jack Freeman. Your right guard is waiting on a waiver, and your right tackle is ultimately also transferring. Now, Ruben and right tackle transferring out is interesting because Ruben, I think we all had high hopes for coming into last season because he had spurts of playing really, really well in the prior seasons to that. Um, for whatever reason, it was not his best showing it on the year. Um, Ruben pretty much had a penalty a game, and for every highlight he had, it felt like there was also a, like, oh, come on, Ruben type of moment. I do think there's a good football player in Ruben Unage. I don't mean to say that he can't continue to grow into one, but he had a really, really rough 2023 campaign and frankly if he wants to keep playing probably needs to have a much better 2024 campaign it looks like he's out there looking for it i did notice that both unajay and johnson um the office lineman in the portal for houston look like they've got at least visits scheduled if not offers to colorado sometimes tweets are hard to read between the lines on and stuff like that um colorado also recently signed an office lineman transfer portal so we'll see those kinds of things go um would be awkward to play against them in the near future to say the least but on the whole, it's more of a replacing their experience than maybe the skill sets they brought. Matthew Golden, you're replacing the skill sets they brought. And it's a really, really difficult task to do. Now, if you were really, really smart when it comes to sports and stats and things like that, one thing that might not be quite as difficult for you to do is to go prove your knowledge at prizepicks.com slash college Because right now, they have all these different stat lines you can pick more than or less than on various things. So you can look at, like, receptions for touchdowns plus three-pointers made between Travis Kelsey and LeBron James. And if the over, if the you know more than, less than line was set at, like, let's say 10.5, Kelsey has seven catches, LeBron James has four uh, LeBron James has four made threes. I almost said four touchdowns. Then suddenly, you're over that number Right, you said it was more than because you were smart and you picked that. Boom, you make money right now. Price Picks also in this cool reboot policy where if a guy gets hurt in the first half, they can get rebooted and not count against you if they don't come back in the second half because it's that kind of injury. They're the only daily fantasy sports platform with that. So make sure you check them out. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first pause match of $100. Go to pricepicks.com. Slash locked on college and use code locked on college L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E for our first time deposit match up to $100. Price fix, go get some winning today. All right, now I think it's interesting because people are comparing what's better or worse in this instance having offensive line entirely replaced, losing a key playmaker like Matthew Golden. What's next? I will say this much. I don't have anything official to report. I'm just working on vibes here and working on these things tend to go. I would imagine there is another major playmaker on one side of the ball or the other that will enter the transfer portal at some point in the next week or 10 days. Generally speaking, when a head football coach changes, that's kind of just how it goes in modern football. I understand that People are excited about Willie Fritz and everyone's excited to see what happens. And there's a really positive spin on the program right now going to year two in the big 12 and 
frankly, you think, you know, you got a guy that's won everywhere he's been and has transferred programs wherever he's been. And I, I could sell anyone on Fritz. I think it's a good, good hire. But if you're a 21, 20-year-old kid, you got brought into play under this one system for this one set of coaching staff or whatever. They said they believed in you. You bought into it. And you see this rebuild coming with a program builder. You're like, okay, let me check this out. You're like, oh, it took a couple years at Tulane, you know, to really turn that program around. How long is it going to take here? How long do I have left? How much of my career will cross over with that? Does this guy even want me? Does he want people he's recruiting? Who's he bringing in? We've seen Tulane players enter the transfer portal. Is he going to want them over me? Because that's his guy. It's all normal questions to ask. And I'm not necessarily saying that it's questions that have to lead to guys transferring in mass. But I think it's worth keeping in mind that when a player, whether they're Matthew Golden or some third, fourth string guy that didn't see the field last year, enters the portal, the truth is is that they're doing because in that moment or at this moment, they think that's what's best for them in their career. And the program that Houston's in is in a bit of a flux. right? And so you're looking to maneuver out of that situation, get to something a little more settled. Totally get it. Maybe you're looking to you know move up and we'll get somewhere you can play some. Totally get it. Maybe you do get that big dollar amount that the Houston NIL does not quite have you promised yet. Totally get it. It's just a natural way these things go. It is a fairly normal thing. Sucks to see Matthew go. Sucks to see in some ways Ruben and Tyler and Dalton and all the guys go. I get it. But that's the way the cookie crumbles when you swap coaches. That's the way modern football will work until they change up the NIL thing in major form or fashion. Right now, I did do some looking into um, how college football teams are done when they completely replace the offensive line. Uh, preliminary results say not great. <laughs> so I think some of those results are going to be skewed because in a post-transfer portal world, it'll be a little different. Um, but losing Tyler and Ruben potentially tank on top of graduating Jack and watching Patrick go pro, good for Patrick. He's going to be a really good pro. Can't wait to watch him play on Sundays. Houston Texans, frankly, could really use him. But replacing all five guys, if Tank's waiver does not go through, is going to be a really difficult, difficult challenge. Cannot stress that enough. Um, I think they got a great young center. We saw Demetrius Hunter, Pancake Hunter. I'm going to keep calling him Pancake because now Dana's gone. Dana won't take the, name, the nickname away, but he's gone now. Um, I'm going to keep calling him Pancake. Pancake. Hunter in the middle is going to be great. We saw him play some at the end of the season when Jack was out with a concussion. Um, and we certainly saw him play in a couple of blowouts. Pancake can play. Pancake was a crazy high-ranked recruit coming out of high school. West Orange Stark, a, a storied program. I think we'll be okay there. Um, it's about filling in the other spots, right? So, like, you know, big body like Carson Jones might still be a year away developmentally. We'll see. We'll see what things look like in the spring. Um, transit portal, guys. Who do you pull in? What kind of guys do you look at? Um, you know, I, I look at a guy like uh, Savion Bird, right? Uh, he's a guard from Duncanville High School, powerhouse program up in the DFW area. Um, he went to OU. Um, he's now in the transfer portal, leaving OU. Um, he started a few games at Oklahoma before ultimately getting pushed out of that role. I can't quite tell if he had like some sort of an injury that got him out of that role. If things really heat up with him in Houston, I guess I would look more into that. But interesting thing to look at for sure. Obviously, he's a DFW kid, though. So 
maybe he wants to go to, you know, it's crystal ball to SMU right now. I could see SMU, TCU, something like that. A little closer to home. Uh, Omerian Agbajan, Agbajan from Katie uh, is one of the best run-blocking offensive linemen in FCS football and transfer portal, right? Um, I could see him saying Willie Fritz understands the differences, and he's like, hey, I can play power five football. I know I'm good enough. That guy coach can see it, and if Fritz agrees with it, I'm not one to argue with him. He's seen all the different levels of football, right? Does he go get Agudian? I'm going to have to learn how to pronounce it correctly, darn it, if he ends up coming. Uh, but from Katie, kid gets to come home, play power five football. Could be a great story, right? Six three three zero eight. Again, high end run blocking lineman, and we know Fritz likes to do that, right? Can you build up with those kinds of guys in the portal? We shall see. Um, I do think it's worth pointing out though that like the calculus on this has changed. So, like when I look at all these numbers about how poorly teams have played and they lose all five offensive linemen in one off season, basically any number from before twenty twenty almost feels moot not because the teams you know didn't suffered and struggled and whatever but because they didn't face the same uphill they faced a more uphill battle i should say than current teams do uh fritz is already on the recruiting trail all over the state of texas all the greater houston area i could easily see him and his son wes putting together a pretty good transfer class on the excitement they're building um and, and putting together an offensive line group that comes in and at least you know, helps sustain drives, doesn't commit penalties and those kinds of things. Um, I mean, Fritz said he wants to be a disciplined team that does not commit penalties. That starts up front. And we know the importance of that. Um, I say all that to say that I think the more daunting task is obviously to replace the offensive line than it's replaced Matthew Golden. Wide receiver room is strong. The offensive line room is losing a lot of talent, a lot of people, frankly. But in modern football, I do think the comparison between the two is a legitimate comparison. Um, Matthew Golden is, frankly, that good of a wideout. We'll see. You know, he was constantly uh, demanding a double team, basically everything he was doing. He did not have the sophomore year we wanted, but he had a fairly strong sophomore year. Uh, six receiving touchdowns, two kickoff return touchdowns. Again, constantly being bracket covered. Um, and so I think it's worth pointing out, like, other guys were open because of the way coverage played, Matthew. Um, Sammy had a lot of yards and catches being the third option because he's an incredibly talented guy to have been a, quote, third option. He's really like a 1C, right? And so without Matthew, those things will change. Now, does Mikhail have some pilot step up? Hadn't gotten to watch him play much. He's red, but we shall see. Um, and so I do think this is a comparison. And I think it's a comparison worth having. It's a comparison we have to talk about all off-season long, but I wanted to make sure we had an update on where we are. Other names looked at in the portal, uh, Michael Baton, uh, Caleb Douglas, uh, Caleb Douglas from uh, Missouri City Hightower. Um, he was a three-star recruit, went to Florida. Um, he's a 6'3 wide receiver. Now, that's not quite Matthew Golden's type of receiver, but can we bring him back? We shall see. Back to Houston, I should say. We shall see. Um, and I want to talk some about a... Hmm, a lot of the transfer portal stuff as more stuff comes out, as more stuff goes on, as the weeks continue, right? Uh, there'll be a lot more information on that over the course of the next couple of weeks. We'll see a lot more guys enter, a lot more guys commit. But let's talk about one well-oiled machine on campus. That is the Houston Cougar basketball program. It takes on Jackson State this Saturday. But first, before we even get to that, 
Let's talk about your well-oiled machine, your ride or die, because passion, drive, and patience are what bring home the winning trophy. It also keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle. Leveled up to peak performance from supercharged and roof racks and exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Motors Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. All parts you need and the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Elsewise, only exclusions apply. eBay guarantee fit is only available to U.S. customers. All right, so this weekend, Houston plays Jackson State. And I want to point out a couple things. One, Jackson State is 2-6 and six and currently 262 in Ken Palm. They're only 330 just over 330 teams on Ken Palm ranked in Division One basketball. So I could see how many people watching the game are like, oh my God, why are we playing these guys? A, I appreciate from a culture development program, um, frankly, just a more, like playing SWAC and MEAC teams every year is a good thing for college basketball. Teams like Houston and Kelvin Sampson playing these games every year is a positive for the sport. I'm not going to take any arguments against it. It just is. Now, in particular to Jackson State, while they're 2-6 and six currently, they've played a really difficult non-conference schedule. They're actually projected to be competing to win the SWAC this year. They, Prairie View, and Texas Southern are all com- you know projected based on Kim Palm's analytical research and projections. They do database projections to all tie at 12 and six and, and win the conference. And frankly, there were several people when you go through people picking like pickers of, so, of sorts, picking the swag and picking who went to the swag that picked Jackson state as well. So don't let the record deceive you. Don't let the Kim Palm rating deceive you. This very well might be a 16 seed or 15 seed, but this could be a tournament team, right? And frankly, there's been some times where I'm like, I don't know if that team is a tournament team on our schedule. Jackson State very well could be one. Now, the Ken Palm projection, if you can't tell, I spent some time researching them on Ken Palm. Ken Palm has Houston winning this one at 82 to 55. That means based on projections of data and how matchups should work out, Houston should win 82 to 54. I said 55 seconds ago. 82 to 54. I'm sorry, I misread my notes. I will say that I actually think Houston probably wins by a little more than that. I think it's probably closer to 90 to closer to like 45. Um, Not say that I just think the defense is suffocating. I just think the defense is that suffocating. Now, they've got some good basketball players over Jackson State. I think their bigger problem will be depth. And so, frankly, if if they're ready to go and play and they have like fresh legs and it's afternoon game and they're kind of, you know, amped on adrenaline to play the number three team in the country in the AP Bowl – they could score some points. Uh, Ken Evans is a redshirt junior. He's a 6'5 uh, wing perimeter guy that plays a little bit in the 15 to 18 foot area. He's really, really strong. I didn't get a weight that looked accurate on him. He's really, really strong, well-built shoulders. He attacks off the bounce and finishes with what I call tough finishes, not crafty finishes, but a bunch of different types of tough finishes around the rim through contact. He's getting 20 points per game. Uh, leading them in points. Again, he is really, really good at getting to the rack. In their starting lineup, 
I wonder if he gets uh, Emmanuel Sharp as far as the matchup starting to starter goes. But he'll have a number of different guys on him. It'll be Arsenal some. It'll be Damian Dunn some. It'll be a bunch of different guys. You may even see Jawan Roberts on some. JoJo Tuggs on some. Lots of different guys would cover Ken Evans. Um, he's really talented. He also should point out has almost five rebounds and over two and a half assists per game. He's a good basketball player. Really good basketball player. Chase Adams is uh, their point guard, and he is tiny. He actually had a viral. He had a, a if you're a basketball viral videos guy, like ten years ago. There's a video of a kid that looked like he was five years younger than everyone on the floor, floor playing. Shirt, jersey, shorts, all too way too big, um, and he was just dicing up other kids. Well, turns out those kids were his age. Chase Adams is about listed at 5'8". He looks close to 5'7 on screen. He's the point guard. Uh, you know, he's always been that much smaller than his teammates and those people he's playing against. Um, I will say I am impressed with his fearlessness. He pokes at steals, goes for deflections, thinks he's going to win every gamble. Um, very, very quick with the ball in his hands. Super crisp. Um, and he is crafty. Where Ken Evans is strong. Uh Chase Adams is crafty, crafty. Uh, just seven points per game, three and a half assists per game. Um, had a couple of zeros in those categories because he playing some talented teams and he's a little undersized. Um, I'd imagine the size and strength of, of Jamal Shedd is a little much for him, but we'll see. Um, their other big scorer, I guess, would be Jordan O'Neal. Uh, he's listed as their big guy at 6'7", but he's a 6'7 that wants a dunk everything he won't dribble as much unless he's like backing you down a little bit to get closer to try and dunk something super super high energy super super athletic um but just six seven so we're not getting outsized there i i think this is a great matchup for houston and frankly i hope with some of that speed athleticism and strength that you see out of these guys on film on video um i hope that kind of like helps get houston a different type of test than I don't know, then Rice was, or then Towson was, or then Utah was, or then right other teams have been. Because frankly, they've got athletes that just physically play differently. They use athleticism differently and things. Um, again, this could be a tournament team. It's a good test. And frankly, it's our last time to roll out some different test type of lineups before playing AM in the Toyota Center on the 16th. Now, I'm hyping that game up because I think it's important. It's our biggest non-conference game right now because Xavier's lost a couple of have lost. But I also think it's going to be important to see kind of how Houston stacks up with a Power 5 team that kind of you know made some noise last year as they head into a Power 5 conference. Right? What does this year's team look like against that kind of competition? Um, last warm-up, tune-up kind of game is Jackson State on Saturday. It's at 3 o'clock Central Time, I believe. I will be on my way back from a tournament, so I'll probably be watching the majority of that game on my phone because that's how we do things when I'm on the way back from a tournament. Uh, looking forward to talking about that, recapping that game, getting ready for the AM game, getting ready for all things happening with Willie Fritz, Houston Group Football, and the Transfer Portal. It's a fun, fun time on campus. you got a great basketball team. The girls start off hot this year as well. Ball ball wrapped up. A great season. Football is on the rise and having fun making splashes across the country. All things are fun for the Cougs. If you want more fun today, I'm going to recommend Locked On Big 12. Drake's doing a great job there. Talking about coaching hires, talking about transfer portal guys, talking about all kinds of fun stuff. So go check that out. Remember, Locked On Cougs is a proud Locked On podcast. Now that means your team, our Cougs, every day. Go Cougs!